if you're new here, one, I want to welcome you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time, absolutely, to, to come and one, just to worship with us and to uh, hear God's word. And our biggest thing we want people to do is, one, we want you to connect with Jesus and to connect with others. And you are starting off right by being here tonight. Uh, guys, I encourage you, if you didn't stop by the New Here Tent or Connect Wall in when you're coming in, we have a gift for you, love for you to connect that way. And guys, just excited about some things that are going on. Um, if you will, there's a card in the seat uh, pocket in front of you or behind you. But it's uh, we are partnering with Help for Kids uh, next weekend, and we're doing a clothing drive. Uh, Help for Kids partners with Horry County Schools and giving clothes to those that need it and helping them get nice outfits. They put outfits together, and we want to partner with them. And so by doing that, there is a list on this card. Now, I know like I have a bunch of old clothes that are ready to go to Goodwill. This is not what this is, okay? All right. So, I mean, probably these jeans I got on probably got a hole somewhere in them. But anyways, um, I'd love for you to, to partner with us. And we're only doing this for one week. So, bring these next Thursday night and drop them off. There'll be a bin out in the This Gen corner. Would love for you to partner that way. And they have a list on here. So take that card with you. We'd love for you to partner that way so we can help these kids get partnered up um, and get these clothes that they need. So um, if you have questions about that, you can stop by the Connect wall or anybody in the This Gen corner can help you as well. Guys, really want to kick off this sermon uh, today. Um, our lead pastor, Josh, will be on, on the screen. Uh, an interview we recorded with Coach Gilly with the Coastal Baseball team. And the baseball team's here tonight. How about celebrate the Coastal Baseball team? <laughs> guys, we're thankful that you're here, thankful for what you do in our community, and just glad you guys are here tonight. And um, uh, So Josh is going to do an interview. He uh, filmed with Coach Gilly and just talking about win the day. So uh, we're going to kick off that, and then Clay's going to come uh, wrap it up. But, again, so thankful you're here, guys, and tune into this. Looking forward to seeing what God's got to say tonight. Well, hey, Rock Church. It is so great to see you this weekend. I'm glad that you are here with us. If you're new with us, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors, and I have the fortune of being here with Coach Gary Gilmore from Coastal Carolina University who coaches the baseball team. I actually get to work with him a little bit as the team chaplain and have done that for years. And we, we want to talk to you a little bit today about this idea of winning the day. You know, it's the series that we've been in and we're in week four and just to catch you up to speed, we're talking about if you want to win this year, if you want to win when it comes to your New Year's resolutions, well, you got to win the month, but to win the month, you got to win the day. And, and uh, we've looked at it and we've looked at it from a spiritual perspective of Moses was leading the Israelites into the promised land or was getting them prepared. And he was kind of given a farewell address. And he said, if you want to be successful, if you want to win in the promised land, there's some things that you have to do. And um, today we're going to talk about that final one. And, and I've asked Coach to join me with this because, Coach, you've won a lot of games in your life. Uh, you've been coaching a long time. How long have you actually been coaching? I've uh, been a college coach for 39 years and uh, been blessed to be at Coastal Carolina 29 of those. 29 years coaching and you played ball here. Yep, right right where we're sitting. Uh, you know, stood in that batter's box you're sitting in right now <laughs> quite a few times. Quite a few times. I'm sure it didn't look like this though back oh, then. Oh no, it, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't quite this nice. No, no, no. Well, let me ask you, 
Um, just a couple things about baseball. Uh, I know you've probably got tons of great memories and, you know, one of the great things, 2016 and winning it all. But in general, what do you just love about coaching? What do you love about doing what you've done for 39 years? Uh, when I walk away from this in the end of June, I think the resounding thing that I take away is the, the relationships mm -hmm. with the players and the coaches and, you know, I, the, the wins and losses and the com competing are all wonderful, but it's the relationship, the, Part of being, a, you know, uh, a mentor to a young man and, and being a part of his life and, and knowing that he takes a piece of you with him and he also gives a piece of him to you. And yeah. it just, you know, I've been so incredibly blessed to, to be able to do that. I'm a huge relationship person. I, I, I love people. I, I love to be a part of their life and, and somehow try to find a way to you know, influence them and mentor them in a, in a Christian way as best yeah. I can. Well, I know as, as one who gets to sit in the dugout often and seeing how you interact with those young men, um, I'm thankful for our reactions or our interactions and, and thankful for the way you've invested in them for sure. Let me ask you this. Um, is there a philosophy of coaching that you've tried to live by either in all those years or recently? Like what is, um, what is that philosophy of coaching for you? Biblically, I, I would say it's one of servanthood. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, there, there's not a job out here that I won't do. There's not uh, a, a sacrifice I won't make for the group to be better. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I feel like they learn how to be great human beings and they learn things by seeing others do it and perform it and you know the only way they learn servanthood is by watching someone live it okay. and for me I, I feel like if, if I wanted to be described by a player as a, as a certain way that would be a way I would be very cherished to, to know they looked at me that way that's awesome that's awesome yeah um this idea of servanthood makes me think about a team motto that I've seen in the locker room um, all the time. It's plastered everywhere. We talk about it often when we're huddled around home plate here or in the dugout. We talk about this idea of being selfless and relentless. And, um, you know, the, the whole point of with Moses's kind of farewell address is he said, you've got to serve God. Um, I want to ask you two specific questions with this idea of selfless, relentless, and serving God. That whether it's you want to talk about being selfless on a baseball field and then how that fits into faith and how it fits into serving God, or if you just go straight to serving God. But, but if you'd help me understand, how can you be selfless when it comes to serving God and even serving others? I, I honestly, honestly believe in... And hopefully I, I understand the definitions of them exactly right. But, you know, to me, uh, selfless and, and, and servant leadership have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the things you see in, in servanthood are, are parts of being selfless. You know, the, the giving of yourself, you know, that, that you put yourself in the least role mm -hmm. so that others may grow and ascend you know 
and, and yeah, here it, it's that that's a being a great teammate you know mm -hmm. it, it's it's being that guy that uh you know you, you see that freshman that's got you know six duties on his list of things to be able to get on the bus that you're a senior and you go hey man i, I got half of them for you yeah. you know that that guy that you know i i've said this story quite a few times and it it, it it still resonates to me it's been several years ago i had a young man uh usually when i get an email from a professor i'd say most of them are not good <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, yeah yeah for we, sure we, for we sure. have lost our way with selflessness and relentless and done something we shouldn't be doing amen but uh uh i got this letter from this professor it was a lady and she said coach she goes, I have a lot of your players. And she goes, the characteristics of your players, they sit in the front of the room, they sit in the center of the room. And she goes, one of your young men that I've had in my class, she goes, I just have to write this letter to you to tell you how impactful he's been to me and to my class. She said, he sits in the very front row and he sits in the chair closest to the door. And he goes, she says, the second class is over. He is the first one to the door. He holds the door. A very minor thing, mm -hmm. but he holds the door till everyone gets out. Then he comes to my desk and I have class in another building across campus. He doesn't have a class, so he carries all of my gear to me for my other class. Wow. Everywhere we go, he opens the door for me. He says, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. She goes, the influence he has on his other teammates as well as the people in my class is incredible. She goes, he is the most selfless young man mm -hmm. I've ever had in my 30-some years of teaching. Well, I read it to the class, to our guys. Uh -huh. They gave him like a five-minute ovation in wow. that locker room one day. It was the most incredible thing because, you know, it, it embodies everything. It didn't cost any money it didn't do anything it just was him being selfless yeah going yeah. hey I, I i i'm here to be a part of your life i'm here to help you i don't want anything for it mm -hmm. I, I don't want a grade for it i don't want what i'm just here for you that's and, right. and you know it's there's not enough of that in this world nowadays very true, very true. And if we can take those ideas and, and that example and put it into our life in the way that we're selfless in the way we serve others and selfless in the way we serve God, it would be huge. What, what about the relentless side? So relentless, you know, obviously to do what you do for a living, to get these guys, you know, it's a year long sport, you know, there's um, all the, the work that goes into it. What does being relentless look like to you? And again, whether that's from the baseball perspective or carried into your faith walk. Well, I hope this answers this question correctly because it, 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 there are two things. One is uh, read, read a book that changed my life. Uh, it's called Lead for God's Sake. Mm -hmm. And uh, it changed this program. I'd been searching, we, we'd been knocking on the door, going to try to get to Omaha for quite a few years. You know, we, we'd been so good and for so long and there just was something missing. And I couldn't figure it out. It wasn't in X's and O's and this and that. And I read that book and that book made me realize that, you know, that, uh, you know, relationships were what was missing. Mm -hmm. my, my willingness to 
completely buy into a relationship of exposing and becoming completely transparent to my players that at the end of the day, I could look them in the eye and go, think I love you. Mm -hmm. And I really mean it. I love you. And I see you walk across campus and you pass me by and going to wave to you. Think I love you, man. Have a great day. I started doing that in the fall of 2015. We won a national championship at the end of the spring in 2016 with a group of guys that within 30 days of me starting that at the end of August, it was rampant among our team mm -hmm. that at practice, they interact. The word love came out almost constantly all the time. Mm -hmm. And to this day, they call you, they text you, that word comes out. Yeah. And it, it's the most amazing thing to me that it is a relentless love that we have for each other. And I think it's, I grew up, you know, man, I'm, I'm 66 years old. I grew up with a father who absolutely adored me and my sister. Mm -hmm. But I know that because of the baseball and sports, you know, he and I were, you know, we, we were boys, you know, so to speak. But his generation rarely told you they loved you. Yeah. Though you knew it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll never forget when he passed, you know, my mom's crying by, by his bedside. And she, she told me, she goes, your father could not have loved you anymore. Mm -hmm. He loves you more than me or your sister. Yeah. And I said, well, I don't know that. She said, oh, he did. She goes, not that he didn't love us, whatever. She goes, I said, mom, why, why didn't he say it? Mm -hmm. I said, he rarely said it. I felt it, but he rarely, really came out and just opened himself up. That book made me realize how important that is mm -hmm. and being relentless with your faith and your love. I do crazy stuff. Think I've gotten to a point where it doesn't matter where I go. I do one little tiny little thing. It's one of the prayers I say in the morning when the prayers I say at night is God, let me touch the life of every person I meet today. Mm. Every single person wow. by just saying, hey, have a blessed day. Yeah. It is such an incredibly small thing. And you know, the, the person at the, the, at, the, at the convenience store, some of them will look at you like, what is going on with this guy? <laughs> you know? And then yeah, you're gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have the other one go, thank you. That's, That's the right. best thing I've had said to me all day. Mm -hmm. I go, hey, we need to strike up a conversation here for a minute. That's you know, right. that opens my door. Yeah, you know? that's right. You know, that's I right. go through the drive-through window and I hit them with the same thing. Hey man, have a blessed day. Mm -hmm. And it is so amazing to me. I do it to everyone. Wow. It doesn't matter where I go, what I do. That comes out of my mouth mm -hmm. all the time. And it, it honestly, it has started up so many incredible Christian conversations. Yeah, yeah. You know, it has been like, Thank you. No one's ever said that to me. I, I'll say it to you every time I say it. Every you, time. You know? That's right. That's and, right. And just so much of that has, has changed my life. And I, I encourage anyone that watches this, that, that book, Lead for God's Sake, is it's such an easy read. Yep. I'm not a huge read guy. So, you know, for me to read that, you know, I mean, it, 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 was, a, it was a big thing. But it, yeah. it, you know, it's actually about three different individuals mm -hmm. and three walks of life and how one other individual impacts them yep. and uh, through a relentless it, love and through, relationship. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It, it's just, you know, it, it's what we're about. It's, you know, 
I tell our players, you know, the, the, the number one relationship is between us and our maker. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the ultimate relationship that he's talking about. Yeah. But he gives us the opportunity to create relationships here that we can draw others in. Mm-hmm. Cause there's nothing else. Just my, my job here is not to preach to them. Mm-hmm. Just like what you do when you come is to open them up to the opportunity to think and want to explore. That's right. That's right. Because they ultimately have to make their mind up. That's right. But I want to put it on their plate. Mm-hmm. I want it to be out there. I want it to be part of what this program is about. Yeah. You know, it's winning and winning national championships and the, the, the banners and all that are great. But, hey, it's the life I impact that is the rewarding part. Yeah. It, it is the part that when I die that, you know, all those guys in Omaha that came out there to cheer us on, that came to our stuff, and, you know, there were several hundred of them, and every one of them, Coach, you you have no idea what you meant to me in my life and how you impacted me. That 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 That's more than uh, winning a baseball game. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, I hope you, uh, you hear that, and, Coach, I appreciate that. And it's just so on point to be selfless in the way we serve, to be relentless in the way we love. And that, that just goes straight into how we interact with individuals, but also how we, we serve and, and uh, be selfless towards God and we're relentless in our love of God. And what, what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna go ahead and turn this over and I'm gonna let our pastors on our other campuses just dive into that even a little bit further on what it means to be selfless and relentless. Thank you. Coach, thank you for those words. And uh, man, I'm excited to be up here. Um, if you don't know me, my name's Clay, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And I love moments like these because a lot of my life has been that intersect of sports, athletics, and the church. And the lessons that I've learned from you know, playing them throughout my younger years to college ball to, to being where I am today and to be involved in different programs. It's just so cool to, to see the life lessons that you're able to learn through the sports and the athletics and the things that we do deeply care about in our life. And this is another great example. And I think those words of selfless and relentless are amazing words in this moment. I think they're powerful words here today because our ultimate goal should be to serve God by being selfless and relentless. And what I wanna do today is I wanna start by talking about that idea of being selfless. And I think part of the reason that we struggle to win the day, where we struggle each of our days, where we struggle to to take hold of the things that we wanna do is often because we aren't selfless, we are selfish. We fall into the trap of doing something that we want our, that our feelings want us to do in the short term, and we forget to do the things that are good for us in the long term. I think practically this is very easy. Uh, I know there's, you know, people like to start working out, right? And they'll work out one day, and then they'll work out two days. And then because they decided they were going to work out two days, they're like, you know what, I've earned a rest day. It's like, yo, you haven't worked out for, you've been resting for 24 years, like you don't need a rest day. You need to keep working out, right? Or maybe it's a diet and your diet has been really good all day, but then you actually had a really tough day at work and your feelings are like, man, I want some comfort food. 
So you go and get some comfort food and you just wreck everything that you did earlier. Or maybe it's something as on the financial side where you have these financial goals for the long term, but man, there's just something you really wanna buy so you blow your money on that. I think sometimes, you know, I look at something like video games and we spend more time building up our video uh, character than our real life character. And it's these different things that we go, man, we have this short-term satisfaction and we disregard the long-term victories that we could have because we are selfish with our feelings in the moment. It's not just practical, it's spiritual as well. We sleep in rather than reading our scriptures. We talk about someone rather than talking about God. We wake up and we see that it's raining outside and we go, man, I don't necessarily wanna go out in the rain and try to find a parking space. So you know what, I'm not gonna go serve at church today because it's raining. And we have these moments of selfishness that keep us from where we really want to go. And the quicker we realize that we need to be selfless and make life not about us, the quicker we will win because we are going to be people who are willing to serve. And if you wanna be great today, if you want to win the day, you have to be willing to serve by being selfless. And that's something that each and every single one of us was designed to do. If you look throughout all of scripture, God talks to us about us and our need to serve. Here are a few of them that we are created to serve, as it talks about in Ephesians 2.10. It says we are created, uh, a masterpiece created to do good works that have been established for us. You know, for the longest time, forever in our entire life, we were designed to serve and serve God. And you go, man, I might not be serving God. I will say you are serving something. You know, when someone cheats on their diet, they're serving their appetite. When someone spends a bunch of money or makes poor financial decisions, what they are doing is serving greed. If someone uh, decides not to follow through with something, they're serving apathy and laziness. You know, uh, maybe you post something on social media and you're serving the acclaim of other people. I know everywhere in my life, I am serving someone or something, even something like finances. What are the fi- who is the financial God that you're serving? Open up your bank account and find out, right? We have the option. We could serve all these other things that will leave us feeling empty or we could serve who we were designed and created to serve, which is God. We were created to serve, but we were also saved to serve. You see, once we make the decision to follow Jesus, he says, all right, you're part of this team, let's get to work, because there's other people that need to know who I am as well. He says, I want you to be a part of this, which means we are called to serve. Each and every single one of us has a specific calling on our lives. I know my calling right here in this season of my life is to be a pastor here at The Rock. And I don't know what my calling is going to be 30 years from now, but I know today that this is my calling. And you have a calling as well. 
And you might be living in the, the calling that you're supposed to be in. You might be there and all you have to do is say, okay, God, I understand that where I'm at today, I am supposed to serve. Others of you, you might have felt that calling and it might be time for you to go from one spot to another spot because you're going, man, God, I feel you pulling my heartstrings this direction. That's because you were called to serve in that position. So we were created to serve, we were saved to serve, we were called to serve, and we were also gifted to serve. All of us have different skills. All of us have different abilities. Every single one of us has a position to play on this team. I can do what I can do. I can't do what anybody up here did for three songs, all right? They are way more talented than I am. My job's right here today. Your job might be the classroom. Your job might be the ball field. Your job might be the, the, uh, the, the bank that you work at. You just feel this moment where you go, okay, this is where I'm at, here's the gifts that I have and I'm going to serve with them. We do that because we're commanded to serve. In every single area of our life, God has called us to serve him. We're expected in our time, our gifts, our finances, God says, I want you to serve me. And to do that, we have to be selfless. And this was a lesson that the disciples of Jesus had to be taught because they were chasing greatness, but they were chasing it from a very selfish manner. And God actually heard them arguing about it. And Jesus said, hold on, hold on, hold on. You guys are missing the point here. Let me share you the real message that you need to hear today. And this is where we'll pick up in Luke chapter 22, which is a biography of Jesus. It says this, then a dispute also arose among them about who should be considered the greatest. But he said to him, to them, the kings of the Gentiles, Lord, it over them, and those who have authority over them have them call themselves benefactors. It is not to be like that among you. On the contrary, Whoever is the greatest among you should become like the youngest, and whoever leads like the one serving. For who is greater, the one at the table or the one serving? Isn't it the one at the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. Jesus says, I am the greatest because I am the one here serving. Follow my lead. And he's trying to communicate this message to him that, that it's when you are selfish, you are looking at what you can get. But when you are selfless, you are looking for what you can give. And what that means is we need to decide that the mission is more important than me. Whatever our mission that God has called us to, we have to say that mission is more important than me. Everything that I do is going to be to support the mission. It's not going to be to support myself. And that's really hard to do because that's not always the glamorous thing to do when we choose to serve that way. It's not glamorous to be on the cleaning team here at The Rock and clean the bathrooms during the week so that we have clean bathrooms for weekend services. It's not glamorous to... Uh, to, to to sit by the kid in the lunchroom that has no one else to sit by. It's not glamorous to go into the job that you don't even like and do it well. 
It's not glamorous to change a diaper and kids are, and it's definitely not glamorous to lead a middle school boy small group. <laughs> but it needs to be done, right? Because we wanna win. It's not glamorous, but it is, but it is selfless. And glamorous and greatness, that shouldn't be our goal. Our goal is serving God. We have to do everything we can to say, okay, God, I'm leaning into you here in this moment. So we serve God by being selfless, and then we serve God by being relentless. It goes back to the baseball analogy. You have to get after it every single day. There's no off days, there's no cheat days. You guys know what you wanna do, so you do it every single day. I remember when I played ball, the off days, that was a lie, right? You still got stuff to do, you still got things to prep, you still have to go and do your job and, and rest in the right way and there's plans and all sorts of things that you have to do and it consumes your life. And it's a day after day after day after day thing that we have to do. And our problem is whenever it is, whatever, whatever our goal is, whatever our mission is, whatever we're trying to do for God and in our lives, the easiest thing to do is to cheat one day and that one day turns into two days, into three days, into four days and all of a sudden we lost all our progress and we reverted back to our old self. We have to be relentless about every single day. And I think it's the same with us and God. We don't need to plan cheat days. We don't need to plan off days. We need to say, God, I'm gonna serve you every single day. And the reality is to me, if we aren't willing to be relentless every day, then we want the win without the work. And that's just not right. That's not gonna take us to where we wanna go. We have to be, to be willing to work with everything that we have every single day. And the, one of the ways that we're gonna be able to have that mindset to actually be able to do that is to understand who we are doing each thing in our life for. I love Colossians 3, 23 and 24. It says, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord you serve, the Lord Christ. Do everything as it's done for the Lord. So if that's the case, everything we do in this world, every single moment we breathe, that is for the Lord. This is something I heard a lot from coaches and leaders in my life. How you do anything is how you do everything. And how you do anything for the Lord is how you do everything for the Lord. Which means that workout is for the Lord. That Walmart trip is for the Lord. Playing catch with your kids is for the Lord. The, the day at work, once again, at the job that you don't even like, that is for the Lord. That game is for the Lord. That test that you have to take next week is for the Lord. Heck, even the nap that you wanna to take tomorrow is for the Lord, amen? Everything we do 
is for the Lord. And what that means is we have to do an audit of ourselves. We have to look at each area of our life and go, am I doing this with the best of my ability to serve and glorify God? Because what we are doing in every single moment matters. Because we are trying to glorify God and help other people know him. Another way I could say this is we want to show God that we have found what matters and help other people do the same. So with every single thing we do in this life, we have to be relentless and say, God, I am serving you in this moment. There's a great example of this um, from the 1960s. You know, I have one of those brains where I get like really obsessed for like two weeks on something and then I forget about it forever. I watched one episode of Yellowstone and I bought a cowboy hat. <laughs> the, uh, the part is, I never watched another episode. But I get obsessed with things. And there's this one phase of my life where I got really obsessed with space. I don't know what it was. I just got obsessed with it. And ever since then, there, there's just times where I'll, I'll see something about space, I'll notice it, and I'll be like, man, like this is, this is really cool. I, w- I want to really dial in here for a moment. And you know, with that, this past week, we were on our staff retreat. We are up in the mountains, and the house that we were staying at had a telescope. I asked Katie if I could steal it. <laughs> said, no, I like you having a job. And I was like, you know, that's probably smart. <laughs> but it reminded me of a story I heard uh, a couple months ago. It was in the 1950s, 1960s, and that was when the space race was going on. And it was the U.S. versus uh, Russia. And it was just to see who could send a man to the moon first. So they're doing all sorts of tests. They're spending all sorts of money. They're trying to get everything up there and everything perfect and they're working as hard as they can there's pouring a ton of resources into it and jfk uh, the president at the time was kind of the leading charge for that he was really investing in the space program for the u.s so all this is happening and he shows up to nasa one day and he's walking around he's checking he's getting the lay of the land and he sees this janitor over there uh, at the side and he's kind of working on something as Janner's sweeping, mopping, whatever he's doing, JFK looks at the janitor and he asks, what are you doing? And the janitor looked back at him and he said, I am helping put a man on the moon. It's really easy for that guy to look at his job as meaningless. It's really easy for him to think like, hey, I'm just sweeping just mopping. I'm just cleaning some bathrooms. But he understood that he was a part of something bigger. He was trying to help put a man on the moon. And it's the same way with us. Our part, our position, our gifts, our calling, it can feel like a very small part. But when we are saying, you know what, we are trying to help people find what matters, 
and make a difference in this world and trying to help as many people as possible experience eternity in heaven. There is no small part. Every part matters, which means you need to step up into your role and say, I am going to be selfless and relentless about serving God because what you do is going to make a difference. And if you do that, you're not just going to win today. You're gonna win tomorrow. You're gonna win next week. You're gonna win next month. You're gonna win next year. And you're going to win for all of eternity. And that's what I want for all of us. Because that's what Jesus did for us. Jesus was selfless with his love for us. He came down from heaven to earth. He could have been selfish. He could have said, you know what, those guys pushed me away with their sins that they, they decided to do. They, 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 they don't want anything to do with me. I don't want anything to do with them. But he chose to be selfless. He came down to earth as a little baby and then relentlessly attacked every single day here on this earth living a perfect life. And then, one day, he selflessly put himself on the cross and relentlessly went to war with sin, with Satan, with death. In the middle of that battle, he defeated them, raising from the dead three days later so that we could all experience what victory is truly like and what true winning is is giving our life to him then every single day choosing to serve him and that's available for each and every single one of us so in a moment we're going to go into a time of response and during this time i'm going to challenge us if you're going man i i, I am ready to win I am ready to experience something different. I am ready to serve God. I'm ready to be selfless. I'm ready to be relentless. Maybe today, for the very first time, you're gonna give your life to the Lord. Maybe some of you, maybe today is the day you get baptized because you've been living your life for yourself. And what you wanna do is get baptized because you're recognizing that I need to give up my own life and give it up to God. And just like he went from death to life, you're symbolically gonna go from death to life as well. And if that's you and you're feeling like, man, I, I didn't prepare for this at all, well, we got a team that would love to talk to you in our Connect Corner and help you get that set up. And we got clothes in the back and we can make that happen tonight. Others of you, you need to look at where you can serve. Maybe this is a ministry, like our Kids Rock ministry, student ministry or greeting team or tech and production and worship you got a gifting you got a calling do something with it or maybe you want to start real small i know timmy talked about that clothing drive that's a simple way that you can do it today guys i want us to selflessly and relentlessly serve god because that will help us win today and win for all of eternity so why don't you